Alrighty, we are back with another episode of Sentinel Sideline 365. And back again are are both of us, KB, the old man. I, I need to rearrange this because uh, we're we're not our usual size, but uh yeah, we are back again. Sentinel Sideline 365 on a Wednesday, right before the big cheese bowl, last game of the season. But uh the old man is by my side once again. We are back as a duo for this live show. Uh, as always, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, like the video, we appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, we're here to do a breakdown the big game tomorrow. Uh, how's it going, old man? Uh, oh, great! Everything's good, man. Had a great holiday. How about you? Yeah, it's uh, freezing where I am right now. Uh, we had well, to battle through some uh, 15 degree weather. Uh, hit the uh, high high 30s today, which was good. Uh, so I can't complain about that. It's a lot more than it used to be. But uh, well, it's cold. Yeah. You know, it's cold down here in Florida too. I mean, we're about two hours. I'm in Tampa, two hours from Orlando, where the Cheez-Its Bowl is going to be played. And it's actually been very cold down here. Uh, you know, lost some of the plants due to a couple of freezes. I mean, it dripped get down in the 30s and 20s here, but. But the weather is really warming up now. So this is going to be a big test for the climb, a big test for the climb. Yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow. We haven't had a game in almost, what, 30 days? It seemed, yeah, almost 30 days. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving matchup against Florida, which was a, uh, a shootout, to say the least. And uh, I think uh, tomorrow will be an interesting one. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we'll have – I have a couple of news and notes before we get into the matchup. Oh, wait and, a uh, minute. But wait a minute. All right. Let's not let's, let's not hustle into this. I, I'm not, I, was, I said we I had, had some a, things to go over before. I had a great purchase today. A great purchase can, can, today. Can you take it solo while I go grab a drink real quick? Sure, absolutely. Right, I'll, I'll let you take this uh, take this solo. I know you've been rushing around all day, but I had a great purchase today, and I want you to understand how good this was. I wish I would have gotten it earlier, like a couple weeks ago. The Cheez-Its Bowl right there. The Cheez-Its Bowl. How many fans out there have a box of Cheez-Its? Now, they have a bunch of different kinds, but this is the original. Original Cheez-Its. These go back to when I was a kid, and that was a long time ago. But look on the back. You could have gotten you could have gotten free tickets to the big cheese, to be the big cheese at I guess that's the championship game. It's not the Jesus Bowl. I thought it was the Jesus Bowl. I didn't read it carefully enough. But you can still you can still get in on this contest. So you go in. Oh, and God. You know what? I've got them at Publix. Look, oh. buy one, get one free. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I left and let, let you guys uh, give yeah. him his. Uh... You, get one, you get one free. So. You know, he doesn't like me eating on my cookies, so I'm going to be snacking on the Cheez-Its tonight. So, Cheez-Its, go out and get them. They're, okay. not a, they're not our sponsor, but they have a code on the back, and you can register for the championship game. I don't think it's too late yet. Well, one thing, Island Boy, go Knowles all the way. Great comment there. That's a great way to start the show. One thing I do have to correct you on, though, is what? that – I, I read through, well, on Twitter, someone got corrected. It's not Cheez-Its. It's Cheez-It is the official. Cheez-It. Yeah, it's not plural. Look, right there it is. Now, it doesn't get any more official than that. Yeah. Cheese 
it original. Now, they also have whole wheat. They have jalapeno. Jalapeno. They should be paying us for this. Okay. <laughs> I, I, think, yeah, yeah, I don't think that we're, that's going to be anytime soon, but they want to throw us a few bottles. I don't really like Cheez-It. But, uh, oh, my dad loved cheese. That's not going to help with the sponsorship. It, but. That's probably why he had two open heart surgeries. Oh, well, we don't you need know. to go down that road. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Mike? Great to see you. Uh, go Knowles. Great to see you, man. Um, but okay, well, there's our there's our plug there. Um, but yeah, a couple of news and notes to go through. Uh, I guess while we're we're going through it, um, you know, on, on the recruiting trail, as, as we kind of covered uh, earlier last or earlier this week, I think it happened on Monday. Uh, we landed a big. Please don't open the crackers. Okay, I gotta mute. <laughs> I can mute you while you're opening the crackers. Um, okay, because it's it's super loud. It's super loud. Um, we and uh, we landed the big defensive interior lineman uh, Brandon Fisk. Uh, that was the that's the biggest uh, news uh, leading up to Bowl Day. That was a huge land. Uh, it's something that we had discussed on one of our kind of uh, little small uh, on-demand shows uh, earlier this uh, past week, uh, leading up to Christmas. Was could they land a guy like uh, Braden Fisk out of the portal? And the uh, Seminoles do. So that's two interior defensive linemen that Florida State does land. And I think it's a it's a huge get for them. So you get uh, uh, you get the guy the kid from Miami who's going to have a couple of uh, at least a, a year or two to uh, you know to have on the defensive line, which I think he's probably underrated for for what you're going to get from him. I think he's probably a, a four star transfer uh, based on what you get out of him. And then you get Braden, who's who has one year of eligibility. He's a, a he's going to be a fifth year guy, but he's a flexible guy. He can play interior and exterior, and and that's how. They he's a 300-pound guy. Exactly, but they they like him. And, and he said in his comments that he likes the versatility of, of how they, they believe that he'll be used uh, because that makes him more valuable at the next level, you know, interior next year. But I think, once again, the interior of this line is where they struggled. And depending on who you may lose, you don't know, you know, Fabian Lovett's going to come back. I expect I expect you're going to get Fabian Lovett back. Um, but I think that interior line needed to be – needed to get some new additions. I think we all did. Cause that in the games that you lost, you got gashed up the middle. Um, and you need guys, you don't need, you know, Fabian Lovett um, and guys like that, those big guys in the middle that we have today, Cooper, those guys aren't guys that push the middle, right? Th- those aren't guys that collapse the middle and push it back to the quarterback. They, they hold their gap, right? Um, they, they, they hold those gaps in the VA gap, stuff like that. They do not push the pocket backwards. A guy like Braden is a guy that does that. He pushes. He's like and pushes his lineman backwards. Whereas Fabian Love and Cooper, they they draw the double team. They they draw the double team and hold the line. You need a guy like Braden who can push his guy backwards along with a defensive line or a defensive edge guy like Verse, uh, Peyton, uh, and, and, and other guys who who are going to step up on the edge. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, draws my, but that that's what you need. You need a guy that can push the line back, and I think that's why you're bringing Braden in. I think he's going to be able to make an impact uh, at some point in the season. He he did. He is coming off a surgery, uh, a micro surgery, I believe, in the shoulder. It's his arm, yeah. In his arm, yeah. Um, which I I don't think, it, from all reports, it isn't that. Hopefully, that's serious. He'll he'll be able to be back. Um, you know, by the start of the season. Um, but this is what you need to get. And once again, Florida State's gone into the portal and they've addressed uh, a serious need on this team. 
I think the only remaining need that you have right now is that defensive back and, and, and safety. Um, and you still got the kid out of UVA, uh, Cypress, who, who's still available. Uh, and you've got him on campus already. So um, I think if you go out there and you land a safety and a, uh, you know, a, a couple of defensive backs and maybe a linebacker, um, you're going to be in a really good position. But they've gone out there and they've gotten, I think, six out of the top 30, top 50 transfer portal guys available. And these are guys, and these are guys well experienced, you know, half stats. These aren't, you're not taking in projects, right? You're not taking in guys that need to be developed like a, uh, like a, like the kid out of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Illinois. Um, who's the kid, the receiver we got? Deuce Span. Yeah, exactly. You're, and you're not going to get Deuce Span that, that you see high potential in that's going to have a couple of years to need to develop. Now you're going to guys with, with experience underneath the belt that are going to be expected to make an impact and get you to compete for an ACC championship next year. So I'm excited. I'm excited at what the staff has done. Uh, and you're kind of making up for the shortcomings in the high school recruiting game uh, of this past season. So uh, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, I think number one, that's a big pickup for the interior line, a huge pickup. Thank you, David. Thanks, you David. too. Uh, that's a huge pickup. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I think it's sad. He's, he's only coming in as a one-year merchant, uh, you know, type guy, but we, that's what we've had. We've had Jermaine Johnson for one year. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of the portal. And this guy should be able to really help us on the line. I think we need one more D, DL, one more interior lineman. If there's somebody in the portal that can give us, even if he's a he, he gets into the rotation, he's not a starter, but he gets a lot of reps because a guy like that that's already been someplace at college level for two years, he's he's had the weight room, he's had the reps on the field, and and he can he can give us that that uh, backup that we need, even if he doesn't start. So I think that's a big pickup. I think. I, I don't know how much more help we need in the defensive backfield. I know it hasn't been a super strength for us, but we've got some players back there. It's a matter of probably their development going into next season. Because going into the 2023 season, it's really going to be about the defense of how far this team goes. Yeah. Because all the offensive weapons are coming back, except we've got to rebuild the offensive line a little bit. But I think there's going to be a lot of experience here. Thank you, Jody. Go yeah. Knowles. Uh, so I think I think Norvell's done a tremendous job again in the portal. He's used this tool very effectively. And and I, the last time I saw earlier this week, we were like number two in portal, ranked number two. Number one now. Number one. Now. We're number one now because we were right ahead of Colorado, who was number three. Colorado under Deion Sanders is really hammering that portal. He's putting out call lists on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, whoever, whoever's uh, managing his social media account needs to get a raise because I know he's not doing all those tweets himself. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Who I think cares? it's like his son. Who, no, I, I, he, he's approved it. He's approved it, you know? So it, it doesn't matter. He is telling people out on Twitter and other social media, which I don't follow, that what he needs, and he goes, you know how to reach me. It, it's an amazing process what is going on in college football. Now, I think we did okay in the high school recruiting for 2023, and I, I, I think 
Norvell's getting more comfortable with that, and he, he's making his presence known in the state of Florida. So I think that's going well, too. But, well, so those are my thoughts. One thing I want to know in transfer portal ranking, what we're doing is great. Uh, you know, like you see here, we're, we're first, uh, you know, first overall. And, and I and I think, you know, some people said, you know, I, I think some people on Twitter, like Miami fans have said, it's not over yet, da, da, da. Well, it is kind of, uh, transfer portal isn't close. That is correct. But a lot of the big fish are out right now. You know, a lot of the big fish have already committed. And that and that's the key part. The first couple of weeks, the big guys are, 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 are going to switch over, right? You, those are the big guys that are going to put their name in and, and they're going to visit and they're going to decide, right? They want to get it wrapped up. They want to decide where they're going, stuff like that. You may see some guys now after bowl game, because like you said, most most big names aren't going to go play in a bowl game and then opt out, right? They're not, not going to put their body through that practice for four weeks and opt out and then go into the portal and then transfer because they don't want to risk injury, stuff like that. Um, you know, you may, you're going to definitely see some more kids go in, but these aren't going to be your high four, five-star guys then going into a portal. Most of the big names um, have, 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 have committed now. You know, the last name, I think the last big, big name that went in was Sam Hartman. Uh, which I kind of think kind of got surprised. And then he's going to Notre Dame. I thought he was going to go to the NFL or, or just be done with. That's, that's going to be very interesting to see him at Notre Dame. But that'll be fun. Yeah, He's a good quarterback. Yeah, well, I thought he was. Uh, I, it's, I, I'm just thankful that he's done with Wake Forest so we don't have to face that anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's out of there. But I think the biggest thing to remember is that Florida State's gotten a lot better in the transfer portal, right? But we have to face LSU, and they're getting a lot better, right? So they're they're you know they're right behind us in terms of what they're adding and the strength of their recruits that they're bringing in. So we're not going to see right the same old LSU team that we saw last season. So we have to be aware of just because we can get better, really, you know, we can get impact players overnight. But so can our opponents. So can the ACC teams that were garbage last year: Miami, Florida. You know, guy teams that we maybe destroyed last year, they can they can make up the gap too if they get a couple of players on defensive side and offensive side. If they're able to recruit players, like, you know, if LSU gets a couple of players, they're going to be, they brought in some defensive line guys to impact their side of the ball because, you know, of, of how offensively we looked against them early in the first half of that game. So they we're not going to see the same old LSU team. And Brian Kelly's doing a hell of a job down there. So that's something you have to be aware of. Um, and, and just looking at the ACC, Miami's bringing in some guys too, uh, especially on the offensive line. And I think they brought in a couple of defensive players. Uh, but, you know, overall, we are we've done really well, especially in the ACC. Uh, but you have to be aware of the transfer portal can, you know, change programs that you have to face yeah. next year. And it's not only us, but we we definitely Florida State's in a hell of a job. And, and this will be the subject of a, another show. Yeah. You know, as we as we get into the, the slower season. But, you know, what what we're looking at now is what we're what. Yeah, what, Mark, I, I totally agree with you. At skill positions next year on offense, our, our offense oh, should be scary. Uh, absolutely. Receiver, it, running back, it's it's probably the deepest offensive skill position we've had in since a national championship team, I would say. And that that this will all come up during the offseason as we talk more and more about this. Uh, here's why we're here tonight primarily. <laughs> and that is how the hell do we keep this – do we keep the climb going? And how do we beat this? Can we can we beat this Oklahoma team? That's really what we're here to focus on tonight. Okay. Now, I'm going to the game. Okay. It's a long story. How the hell I'm going to the game? And we don't need to maybe go through all that. Well, I'll tell you real quick. Oh, okay. I had two. I had two <laughs> decent tickets. Right. 
And I was going with my my girlfriend, Liz. She gets stuck in Dallas, Fort Worth, where she still is now because of the great Southwest Airlines chaos. She can't make it here until Friday. They gave her no alternative. She had to rebook. So I I sell the two tickets. I sold the two tickets, got my money plus about 25 bucks back. And but I'm gonna go to the game, but I'm playing that last minute buy a ticket, buy a ticket lottery thing. I am gonna drive over there tomorrow. Hopefully, maybe I'll see some people out there. I'll be wearing, I'll be wearing, look, I'll be wearing one of my, I hope, my new merch. <laughs> look at this shirt. The new Seminole Sideline 365. There's me with the hot sauce, you know, and KB can hook you up. If you want one of these, and maybe we'll have some. Let's not go that far yet. I don't have a huge inventory. Yeah, maybe we can uh, we can uh, do some giveaways. But I'm going to be over there, and I think it's going to be wild. Now, this is basically a home game for Florida State. You know, you can go online right now and buy a cheaper ticket. The cheaper tickets are on the Oklahoma side, so maybe I'll go sit over there and see how they react to this game because. I've listened to enough of their folks online that they're a little concerned about this Florida State team. Well, okay. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. And I've got a couple of reasons why yeah. they're scared. Well, okay. One thing I want to address, and it was a comment uh, here by David, is that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people debating, does this, do bowl games even matter? Anymore? Yes, it does um, matter. And I think, David, this is a great comment. It does matter. And, I, and, and he believes that they do for the conversation. And I'll tell you why. You go ahead. Exposure yeah. for the program. And I do think they, they do matter. One, for the practices that you get with your talents, with your, with especially your freshmen. And now that these games don't count towards that four game, that four plus game limit for freshmen to keep their, you know, red shirt. I think absolutely we'll see a lot. You'll see like potentially see guys like Hill and, and guys that were on that bubble to to break that red shirt rule. You'll get to see them get playing time, uh, you know, valuable playing time against uh, a decent Oklahoma well, I don't, team. I don't know if Hill's going to see any playing time. He Why? might have already used his four games. It won't. Uh, did you not just hear what I said? Bowl games no longer apply to that rule, and that's why it's so big now because bowl games do not apply to the four game red shirt rule. So that's why I think it's important that one, they get the practices with the team, and two, they can play in meaningful snaps in the bowl game and, and get on the field against quality competition. So that's why I think it's important. Wow. And then, David, to your point, it also does matter because you get the brand on TV on ESPN, five thirty Thursday. You know, during you know people are still off. You know, it, it's you know during New Year's week, it still it still matters, and you can talk about recruits. Okay. If you have a good showing against Oklahoma, it's it's two good brands going against each other. It still matters. Um, it's not like you're playing, you know, uh, Tulsa or some low level program. It, you play the good brand, no matter if they're six and six, it still matters. Uh, so in that regard, yes, I, I do think to your point, David, I well, think it still does matter in that regard. And let me let me say this: I watched the presser between Norvell and Brent Venerable, and, and they, of course, they say the coaching general question and answer stuff. That's pretty much what it is. But they really made the claim that it does matter, okay? That this, they they mix practice and the game with some fun rewards for the team for the year. But if you don't think that these coaches, number one, are going to have these guys ready to go and that this game matters, it, it sure to hell does. Because when you compete in anything, 
you don't want to lose. And Florida State, I think if Florida State loses this game, it's a huge deal. It's not something we can just blow off and make up excuses that it didn't matter. This program is still rebuilding. It's trying to rebuild for 2023 to make a big push. We need to win this game because we are the better team on the field and on paper than this Oklahoma team. And I'm going to tell you why, why we're the better team. First of all, first of all, Oklahoma is six and six on the season. They lost their last game. They here are who they beat this year. They beat UTEP. They beat Kent State. And they beat Nebraska. There's three of their wins right there. No brainers there. They beat Kansas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. So I don't think they beat anybody really good there, in, in, in my opinion. But here's what scares me a little bit. This team could actually be nine and six. They could actually be nine and six. They lost to Baylor by three points. They lost to West Virginia by three points. And they lost to Texas Tech in an overtime game by three points. They could have three more wins in the win column. They, they got blown out by TCU. They got beat up by Texas 49 to nothing. They lost to Kansas State, who has a very good football team. Now, there was discussion on social media that Florida State played a weak schedule this year. Weak, weak opponents. I believe that that could be somewhat true. That could be somewhat true. And I'm not the only one who agrees with that. Some of the Florida State gurus on social media also are saying that could be true as well. So let me say this. We have to be very leery of this Oklahoma team tomorrow. They have a darn good quarterback, and that's Dylan Gabriel, who from the state of Florida, he had a good career at UCF, went into the portal and transferred out. He is a quality quarterback. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he can throw the rock. Now, he's not very mobile, and he doesn't run, and he stays in the pocket. So you've got kind of a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady guy there who's not going to run a lot. But this guy can throw the rock downfield, and he's got the stats and career stats to show that he can do that. They've got a pretty good offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, and their head coach, Brent Venable. This guy, this guy is a motivator. He's the long-time defensive coordinator coordinator at Clemson, and we hated facing his defenses. Now, and I'll shut up here in a minute. Let me finish. I'm a little surprised how poorly his defense played this year. And that's why I'm starting to slide back to Florida State 
that we should take advantage of their defense because I've got some numbers on them. First of all, in scoring defense, Oklahoma was number 99 in the country, giving up 29 and a half points. Mm -hmm. All right. And we score, we're averaging scoring offense 36.2. So if we execute properly on offense, we should be probably scoring 40 plus points on this defense in this game. Now, the other thing we need to know is on offense, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to be without three starters on their offensive line. Three starters who have a lot of reps and a lot of experience. They're going to be without their center, which is a crucial position. They're going to be, I think it's the right tackle and left tackle are going to be out. And they're going to have to go likely to inexperienced players and or I heard a true freshman is going to have to start. Now, we are returning all of our defensive line, unless I've missed something. We should take advantage of that offensive line and create havoc without having to blitz a lot of people. If we can't take advantage of that, I am going to be disappointed and shocked and want to know what the hell went on out there. Okay? So, given that, given that, now, one other thing, then I'll shut up. This Oklahoma team can still score points. They're number 34 ranked in the country, scoring 32.9 points a game. That's through the air and a big chunk through the rushing yardage they put up. Here's the bad news for Oklahoma. Guess who's not going to be playing? Their senior running back who put up 1,300 yards, and his name's Gray. Uh, Eric Gray. Uh, yeah, Eric Gray. This guy is opting out to get ready for the draft. I don't blame the guy. I don't blame him. Why, why would he put it on the line? Obviously, he's not going to do it like a lot of guys in CFB do. They're not going to do it. But that is a huge loss for them because they don't have anybody in the in the top 200 backs in, the, uh, in this CFB that have any yardage to amount to anything, period. Now, given that fact, I got to go with the Knowles on this game and maybe handily, but I am a little leery if we're not playing our best, that Oklahoma, if they keep it close, they could cause problems. Yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, if this game was, if each game, if each team had full starters coming to the game, I think it would be a lot closer. I, I think the final number for total opt-outs for Oklahoma in terms of people declining for draft or transferring, or I think their total opt-out number is 20 players altogether. Uh, as opposed to Florida State, in terms players. Of, yeah, and, and that's trans that, that's everything, but that's a lot. And in terms that's of huge. starters, you know, I, I think that's they got three, four, five plus players they're going to be missing on both sides of the ball. Um, 
and, and and to your point, this is a six and six team. So for you to lose twenty players and then three to four, three to four plus B starters, uh, that that's a huge that's a that's a huge the, loss. The pressure is all on Florida State. This team, Oklahoma. You just read the numbers. It would be embarrassing to lose to them based on what you just said. How would yeah. we explain that when we have our entire team playing? Well, the the only the only How thing is the only explain, explanation is is that they each team has a month to prepare for each other. This isn't a week after you just played another. Opponent. Yeah, but you still that's still so you have to your point. You just you just, uh, you uh, just gave their coaching staff high regards. Listen, you said they're some of the listen. best coordinators in the game, so you give them a month to prepare for Fuller State's offense. Yeah, right? but you're still you, you playing. Just, you you're still, phrase, you're so. still plugging in inexperienced players on the Oklahoma side, and we're playing our number one groups, number one groups. We okay, don't but, have but anybody you say This now. was a team that was three points away from having eight wins versus six losses. Yeah, but know, but twenty of those guys aren't playing. Okay, KB. but like twenty of those guys, but twenty of all twenty of those guys were getting reps, right? You know, all like twenty said, of those guys, they've lost all those reps. Is what I'm saying. If okay. we were to lose to Oklahoma, I don't know how the hell we're going to explain it. I, I don't know how you would explain like it. Like I said, they should win the game. They should. They have to win the game. They need to win the game. They. They. That's why they're a nine and a half point favorite because they have every. They should. They're very much. Everything's in our favor. On their. On everything's their, in our especially, favor. Especially basically at home. So everything's in your favor. One, like you said, you're going against one of the worst run defenses in. In, in college football, they're giving up almost 200 yards per game. You have the 12th best running rushing attack in the game. I expect Florida State to keep it pretty simple: run the ball down their throat, use Trey, use Lawrence, use Trayshawn, just run it down until they can't come stop it. The only way Oklahoma wins this game is if you get sloppy and you turn the ball over. If Jordan Travis tries to do too much, he gets tackled, fumbles the ball. If he tries to get fancy and and throw the ball through the air to you know and, and tries to throw it over across the middle while he's rushing, the only way this Florida State offense, the only way Florida State loses this game is they try to get too fancy with it, like we saw early in the season with a goal line plays. You're scram, you know, you're doing these stupid goal line plays. You fumble the ball on the goal line, or 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 Jordan Travis has worth the game through the air and he and he fumbles it, uh, throws an interception. What they should need to do is just run the ball, run the ball to win the game. It doesn't have to be pretty. Run the ball and win the game. There's no reason with all the pieces missing on the defensive side that you should not be able to run the ball to win the game. Like well, I said, you do, you know, yeah. I don't care if you win by seven. I don't care if you win by 45. But you should be able to run the ball to win the game. The run first, pass second, will win you this game. There's no reason it shouldn't. You have an entirely healthy offensive line. You have an entirely healthy running back. Oh, uh, wide receiver unit who can block downfield. You have an entirely uh, healthy running back unit. Use them. This is why Trey Benson's coming back. Use him for 20-plus carries and win the damn game. The second thing is, on offense, they can still score on you. Marvin Mims is one of the best receivers in college football. He's been a little inconsistent from the – He's that a 1,000-plus yard receiver. I, I know. But that comes, from the, that comes from OU analysts that okay. I've been watching. He can and still make plays on you. Just like yeah. Florida was able yeah, okay. to make plays on you in the first half, they yeah. were able to throw the big okay. – they made a couple big plays on your defensive backfield. You know, you had – and Dylan Gabriel's hell of a better passer – that Florida's quarterback was. So if you, if they, if at all, you know, that offense line should not be able to hold up against Florida State. But if they give him time, I guarantee you they are going to try to connect on some big balls because they know the only way they're going to beat Florida State is on big plays. They're not going to be able to draw this game out. It's a 12 draw, 12 play, 
10 minute minute drives. They're going to have to set up big plays to win this big game, right? So they're going to look for big plays down the field. They're try, going to try to expose our defensive backs as much if as possible. If we play man on man too, which we play a lot of. Exactly. And I think they're going of. to try to set up a big play, big plays down the field because they, they're not going to try to get into the slow slog of a, of a play with us because they know they can't go shot for shot for us. So they are going to have to try to find big plays against our defensive backs uh, because if they get, try to get into a scoring battle with us, they're going to lose that game. And eventually our defensive line will wear down their offensive line. So that that is my uh, – or we'll slow down the game. We'll just rush it against them. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of offensive game plan they go again. Oh, go with us, but I expect them to try to test us over the top if they get any time within the pocket um, and, and to see how – if their offensive line can hold up early. Uh, and, and then I go back to the point I made before, turnovers. This is really one of the biggest things that you'll see potentially. And, and Florida State's had some issues sometimes, but they've really cleaned up in the second half. And, and you saw sometimes Trayshawn Ward fumbling the ball, um, but they start really cleaned up during this uh, back end stretch. Uh, if, we, if we can play clean, the running backs can hold on to the ball. If Jordan Travis can hold on to the ball, if he if he scrambles at all, or if if he could just take a sack, I know he hates taking sacks, but if the Receiver isn't so just there. Just throw the ball away. Just throw the ball away or take the damn sack. That you know, it's not life or death. You don't have to force it in the middle. And sometimes he does tend to force the ball. Yeah, he doesn't do that a lot. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't He's do. No, what he doesn't do what the NFL quarterbacks, as an NFL quarterback, you have to do, and that is throw the damn ball into the stands now and then, well over the heads of just to get rid of it and not take the sack and put you in third and 15. You're exactly right. Yeah. And, and Mike, I do think coach Norvell with a month of time will have this uh, team ready to go. And I, I think to everyone's point is that these players opted back in for a reason to play in this bowl game. They want to get to 10 wins. They, they're going to be, if they wouldn't have locked in, especially these juniors who are going to be seniors, they didn't opt back in to, Playing these bowl game practices and keep working hard if they didn't want to, if they didn't care about this game and going against a six six Oklahoma, they're going to be ready to play. In my opinion, they're going to be there and they're going to be focused and keyed in. So I'm excited to see what they have. Um, and, and Mark, to your point, I, I you're right. I think OU is going to pack the box similar to to what teams at during towards the end of the season, like Florida did, and they're going to try to sell on on the run defense. But somehow, some way. We've been still being able to run pretty sort of effectively against a pack the box. But like you said, if they sell on that on, on on packing the box and forcing us to run, you know, pass out of it. Like you said, someone's gonna have to step up. Jordan will, you know, Jordan's gonna have to step up, the Titan's gonna have to step up. Maybe we see a lot of more play action uh, out of Jordan Travis, and he's gonna use his legs to open it up more. And um, there's no there's no reason he shouldn't. No. Okay. There's just just play the, let the game come to you read what they're doing and do what you've done for the last five straight wins that we've put on, put in the books, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, but it is about discipline. Don't have an enormous amount of penalties and don't turn the football over. Get the most out of your possessions that you get. Don't let this team hang around because as we've already said, you have to respect Dylan Gabriel, if he's in the game. Now, he's had a few little injuries here and there, but he's going to be the starter. His pass, he's ranked number 25 in passing efficiency at a 1-5-4. Jordan Travis, who we think is an elite quarterback, he's number 16, just below him, at 1-5-8. They're almost equal Dylan's in terms of the best touchdowns, interceptions. Yeah, I mean, so this is – 
this isn't this is a offense that is putting up 29 almost 30 points a game against decent opponents i would say on par with the on par maybe a little maybe a little above the teams we played this year that's a little hard to judge I, I, but yeah, but you know what i think this game could be a little bit closer but it shouldn't be given what we've already discussed yeah and, and, and like you said for for certain players this is their this could be their final nfl tape they have and who's guys you like know Jared who Burst, jamie robinson uh potentially famous, love, love it, it. Yeah. guys like that this I, I think they are this is why they're coming back too is this is against a brand name like oklahoma they know they have an opportunity Tons of NFL scouts who could be there. They're going to come to Orlando, and they can they, they can put on the highlight tape for themselves potentially. And, and you know what? Final few. It, this isn't like Senior Bowl. This is actually a regulated game where they can show off their technique, their ability to make stat, you know, fill some stats up against other college competition, not some all star exhibition. But this is their final chance to make a, a to decide and put this on the scouts against against a week a weekend. OU line, offensive line. So if these guys, but here's the problem. If they play and they don't play well against this rebuilt offensive line of Oklahoma, that can be a negative too. So I think the motivation is there. You're all in. If you say you're going to play, then you're going to go out there and you're going you're right. to play hard, especially knowing now that they have some problems up front. And, and I I haven't heard it been uh, being discussed, but I, I don't know. Maybe Jared Verse will be on the snap count. Maybe Jamie Jamie Robinson will be on the snap count. Why would they be on a snap count? Why would they just to say we're going to put you? You know, maybe I don't know if they they have an internal. Like I said, I haven't heard anything, but maybe to preserve, like they're going to play the first half, and if it gets out of hand, or if we're up by twenty, you know, we're going to take you out. Uh, you know, it, maybe there's an agreement. Like we're gonna, we want to get some tape for you in this game. If you get a sack early on or a couple sacks early on, we're gonna pull you to preserve you. Like because the results in the end doesn't matter for those guys. If they, if they ha- like if he Jared first had a conversation with Mike Cravell, like I made my decision after this game, I am gonna go pro. But I want to play. Yeah, I don't want to disrupt the locker yeah. room. Right. I don't want to announce already. Right. But if I get a couple of sacks, I want to be pulled out just preserve my health. Maybe there is that type of agreement. Okay. But I, to not. You know, be, I, you know, I don't have a. I, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem no, with that. I, I don't People, either. you know, as long as they're working with their coaching staff and that's it. Now, the problem would be with the fan base if that was the agreement and then all of a sudden the game gets out of control and we lose. Do you put Gerald Verse back on? Do you do we go over and say, hey, Jared, I need you back in the game? I yeah. mean, it gets a little tricky. Yeah. It gets a little tricky on these guys. That, but, that's why I, I wonder if if there are these agreements. Like I, I think if a player, like you said, didn't want to make an announcement beforehand, distract the team around, you know, around this before the ball and get off the off the goal here, winning. I, I could see potentially some agreements like this around certain players. I don't know how some of that stuff wouldn't get out though. I just, yeah. I, I like I said, it's all metaphorical right. and stuff like that. Right. But like I could right. see Mike doing something like that just to protect the player and and, and doing that for the best. What's no. best for the player yeah. in that in that long term. Right. Um, but there are some other guys. There's a couple, couple other guys. Yeah. Dylan Gibbons, you know, who's done a great job this year on and off the field yeah. that he has a chance to really put something on tape, too, that maybe he can get if he doesn't get drafted, unsigned free agent. 
You know, a lot of guys go unsigned free agent and they make the football team. Yeah. And, and offensive linemen are hard to get. And Dylan Gibbons is a hard worker. Yeah. He has certain talents and so on. So there's other guys that are going to get a look here. But, I, but I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, this will be a game where guys guys will be tested. This defensive, this, the, the linebackers and defensive backs are going to be tested. And, and they are going to give up some points. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, in the last his last two games against oh, the Texas Tech, points. he's thrown the ball 40 times. He's at 40, 40 attempts. He threw over for close to 400, 500 yards against Texas Tech in that overtime game, six touchdowns. The guy can throw the damn ball. And so to expect them, well, they're down guys, da, da, da. This game, this team is going to put up a fight, and they're not. They, like I said, they're going to test us over the top. And you saw what Florida could do, and they were missing six receivers, right? They're what missing five or six receivers. So that was a that was a team that was missing a lot of guys too, and that was a that was a shootout. So I, I think there may be a little bit of overconfidence going to this game to say, well, look, they they've got some opt outs, and they do. The team where they we're facing has a lot of opt outs on both sides of the ball. But you saw what Florida was missing. And they put it on our defense for a good bit in that game. Well, let, let, let me, yeah, so, let me, then let I, me clarify I, what you're saying. I've spent time at the University of Oklahoma back some years for work purposes. Okay, they have as proud a tradition as Florida State does. They are not going to come in here and want to get belly rolled by anybody. Okay. And I don't care who their backups are. These guys are hard-nosed players coming out of the Midwest. A lot of them come out of Texas, okay? And, and a lot of them are self-grown uh, out of uh, Oklahoma. The first time I went to the University of Oklahoma, I always, or I go to a university, I, I always want to go to their sports center. And I went into their sports museum that's open to the public. And what is the first thing that greets me? It is, it is the year, and I forget the year. The year Oklahoma beat us for the national championship. They are playing that video right on a TV as I walk in. Mm -hmm. So this team, as you have said, and as I've said from the beginning of this program, we should not be overconfident in how this game could play out. And no. Dylan and, and um, um, Dylan Gabriel is going to have a lot of friends there in the stadium, no. okay? People that know him and support him. He is going to want to put a lot on tape as well. Yeah. So the defensive secondary and this defense is going to be under pressure. And, and, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and the final thing I'll say is that, and I, 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 I it sounds like I'm making excuses, blah, blah, blah. and I'm not saying Florida State needs to win this game if they want to continue the momentum into potentially It'll be embarrassing. for an ACC title next year. If they need to win this game, everyone should be locked in. Everyone's opted in. They're it's the know, same team. It's the same but, team we've had. But Oklahoma is a talented team. They're, you know, they are a talented team that's recruited much better than Florida State has the last three seasons. So, with the opt outs, they still are going to have a team capable. Of, of upsetting Florida State. So they, this Florida State team with a Dylan Gabriel against them is going to have to be locked in for four quarters. If they get up by 11 or 12 or 14 points going in the fourth quarter, they have to put them away. 
They can't go into conservative mode. Oh, it's Tate Rodemaker's turn. Da, da, da. Oh, they're not you have to bury that. them. You have yeah. to bury them by 21 points, 28 points. You cannot let up. That's why I said, if you can run the ball for four quarters and put it down their throat every single drive, do it. This is a team, talent-wise, and the paper is actually better than you. T- team talent ratings, if you go to 24-7 sports site and look at team talent ratings and what they have compared to you, talent-wise, top to bottom, they are a better team than you. But currently, what's available to them you, you have the better team. You've looked like the better team this past season because of what you've done on dynamically, offensively, and defensively. But what I'm saying is you need to close from first quarter to fourth quarter until the, until the time is out. And you need to put it on them from first, you know every single drive, burn the clock, run it down their throat, expose what's missing on their active uh, roster, and, and close it out strong. That's all I'm saying. You should beat them. That's what the spread dictates. Put them on them. Expose their weak points and make it hard on them. Limit the amount of touches Dylan Gabriel gets of the ball. Limit his touches and you win this game easily. We need to, we need to, I would say on at least 60%, I want to say 70, but that's kind of high. Scoring points, scoring points, and I'm not just talking field goals, scoring points is 60 to 70% of our possessions in both halves. We can't, as you just said, we can't be making dumb mistakes to let this football team hang around. They're three points away from three wins in three games. And one was an overtime game. It's a dangerous animal who has been disrespected now by the country. And they're going to come in here down nine and a half points on the gamblers bets. And they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. They're down 20 players. They're underdogs. They're on the road. They have every reason to lose. If they pull this off, there better be some damn good questions inside the locker room at the presser. Now, fans may be saying, oh, these guys are negative. You guys are too conservative. We're going to win the game. I believe we're going to win the game. And we should win the game. And we're Knowles fans. We're, we're, we're not CBS here. We're not Danny Connell. But you can't overlook opponents. And Florida State has done a good job of that. Mike Norvell has had his team focused no matter what. But in the last five wins, I think three of those teams didn't have a starting quarterback. They lost them in injuries or something. You know, you know Van Dyke, Van Dyke was injured. Uh, the Syracuse guy was injured. You know they started some. You know, it, yeah, it, it I, you've had some. You've had some luck against injuries. I mean, yeah, yeah we we had Richardson was a starter. Um, Louisiana yeah, was a starter. Yeah. Sarah, but like you said, uh, you had some banged up quarterbacks: Miami, Syracuse, Georgia Tech. So uh, yeah. we can't give up explosive plays. That's one of the big keys. Don't give up. Make them grind it out all the way down. Make them make the mistake. Don't give them some long ball over the top. If you play too much man-to-man, they'll throw the ball up, try to make a play, or go for the go for the interference call. Yeah. yeah you know? No. Uh, like and that and, happens and, and to Mark's point, I think you have to play – you'll you'll see a lot more zone uh, tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll play a lot more zone tomorrow. Uh, or, yeah, tomorrow to, uh, to limit the big plays, keep it in front of you. Um, but it starts with the inside. If you can get interior pressure on Dylan – 
Uh, he's athletic, but he's not like after that, no. like enough to break out, and he's not going to no. pull anything Richardson on you. So no. that's where it comes down. Can we get interior pressure? Can we get him uncomfortable? Can Jared Verse cause pressure off the edge, and can we get to him? If we can get to him, it, it's going to be a long day for them, and we'll win this comfortably. If we can, if, if he's comfortable ex- in the pocket, oh. I know they're missing, they're missing Morris, they're missing their best offensive tackle, but and that that's what should be exposed. If and maybe we'll see a lot more pressure from Thomas from the secondary. Uh, maybe we'll see the low uh, blitzing, which I hope we do, to really cause that pressure from them. Um, and, and, I, and I expect um, I expect the secondary to to be blitzing probably often to, to put pressure in Dylan's face. But yeah, I, so I, I say we give our predictions. I, I think we're now re- regurgitating the same. Yeah. Over okay. Uh, so so what is your final score then? I see it uh, 48-32 Florida State. Big scoring game. I'd take the – I don't know what the over-under is. What is Vegas doing on over-under? You see it or uh, – So the, the over-under – Yeah, I see Florida State 48 and uh, uh, Oklahoma 32. 16-point spread. I don't see us getting – I don't see us having the game where a massive amount of our backups get in the game because it's a feel-good situation. I don't think 16 points is big enough spread – to start. Wait, why do you say 16 points? It's nine and a half points. I said 48 to 32. That's uh, my uh, over under 65 points. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say that's, yeah, I would take the over on that. I don't think this is a backup game for Florida State. I think it's a battle throughout the four quarters. And we're going to have a big FSU crowd there that is going to be all over the stadium. And uh, I think, uh, there's, there's no way we can't walk out of here with a victory. Yeah. Uh, I, and I if we do, then there should be questions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think this is a, a backups game per se, but I, I do think that we cover the spread. I, I think this is probably a a 40, uh, I'd say like a, a, a 45 to 32 type game, something like that. I do think our offense will be able to put, put up big points. Um, as long as we and, and win comfortably, as long as we play a clean game. If we play a clean game, I, I don't think they'll be able to stop us offensively, uh, especially what we've done the last few weeks uh, against de- decent defenses. Um, and they haven't shown the ability to stop, even with a full team. Uh, you know, defensively, they have not played strong no, here, even I with a full roster. Um, no. So, but I do think they'll be able to pull up points with us, even with even with some losses on the offensive line, I just think they they have a good wide receiver combo, uh, QB combo there. Um, and this will be a game for for guys like Jamie Robinson and and Shaheem and uh, those guys to to put some game tape on it to see if they can stop an explosive offense. Even with some guys missing, can they show up? And then can Jared Verse and and that secondary and even the linebackers coming from the the, the zone. Can they come down and, and put pressure on Dylan Gabriel? And can they put up some highlights? And can they stop that? Yeah. So, uh, I, but yeah. I do think that we. I think it's an over sixty-five. That point total will be over, and I do think that we win. Well, let me let me uh, give the infamous weather report for all the fans going. There are still tickets available, but they're going to have a, a really good crowd there, and I I am hoping, unless something goes wrong, that I will be a member of that crowd. Um. The Orlando weather, it's going to be a high of 78, okay? That's a high of 78. That could play to our advantage as well. The humidity is going to be uh, between 68 and 86%. So for the Oklahoma players coming out where it's really cold as hell, now they've been in Florida for a while, 
but playing football in Florida is different than going to the fun spot in Orlando. Okay. There's a difference there. Uh, sunset's going to be at 537. The game kicks off at 530. So we're going to get in darkness pretty quick, uh, probably under the lights as soon as we kick the ball off. But chance of rain is 9 to 13%. Don't expect any rain here. And uh, uh, it's going to be a damn good day for football. It's going to be a damn good day for football. No, I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a fun one. Should be good weather, like you said, and uh, be a cool one under the lights. So I expect a expect a fun game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now the last thing I got. The last thing is, and and most of you already know about this, is our state championship holiday gift giving. Uh, we uh, we're able and very happy and able to make donations to the Boys and Girls Club of the Big Bend up in Tallahassee, as well as Big Man Big Heart. Dylan Gibbons organization that goes out in the community and helps a lot of people as well as the Leon County Humane Society. And it gives us great pleasure, KB and, our, and myself, to be able to make uh, such a generous donation to these organizations during the holiday season. And uh, we like that, that in-state challenge. We beat Miami, we beat, and we beat uh, Florida. And I've got the shirt to prove it right here. Where is it? champs there you go i know and there here it is can you see it yeah we can see it there you go can you see it yeah what a great shirt what a great shirt i got uh over the holidays and uh and and that's a big deal so we got to keep this program going we've got the momentum in the portal we got the momentum in high school signings we're hitting four and five star guys we've got the momentum on the field this is a step this is not bowl games don't count. All right. This is not one of them. It may not count for Oklahoma, and we don't give a shit how they look at it. Okay. It is a big deal for this program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Um, the last thing uh, news-wise I want to just share, because I think it just happened today, but it, uh, it's relevant to Florida State. Um, Ernie Sims just got a new coaching gig in the state of Florida. If you didn't see well, he was at USF. Um but now he's got named as uh, a new linebacker coach at UCF. Oh, that's so I, great. That Ernie cool. Sims, brilliant uh-huh. linebacker, a guy that played well above where everybody thought he would. He played uh, with the Detroit Lions, you know, uh, for a good while. He was in the NFL several years, had a good career in the NFL. This guy knows ball. And yeah. uh, it's great to see him in his coaching career now. It's yes. really good to see that. So he was at USF, I believe, the last few years, linebacker's coach, co-defensive coordinator, and now he's joining uh, Gus Malzahn at UCF. And, uh, nice. yeah, I think uh, nice. he's known as a pretty good developer of, of players and uh, a good yep. recruit as well. So uh, Hey, remember yeah. now the, the key matchup, right? Dylan Gabriel against Tatum Bethune. They played together. Yeah, former teammates at USF. They, they played uh, UCF, together UCF, at yeah. UCF. Yeah. And – I'm sure Novell picked his brain a little bit about what to expect with this guy. Where's his weakness? Yeah. Because he saw him in practice a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thanks, David. Uh, he, <laughs> I, hopefully I can get one of those shirts like uh, Bruce has. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully he'll send me one if we win this game, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, once again, tomorrow's matchup, 530 Oklahoma, Florida State. ESPN. Uh, ESPN. Have it on. Uh 
I'll have to cut off of work a little bit early to go watch that or uh, record a little bit and start a little Take bit. A couple later. hours off. You got to go to the dentist. <laughs> but uh, y'all enjoy that game. Uh, we may have an instant reaction after that show. Oh, after yeah. That game. We're going to have some live. Maybe I'll shoot some live stuff there for you. Yeah. So at least at minimum, I'll be on doing a quick live reaction at post game reaction. So be sure to join us to get the emotions right after the game. Hopefully it's celebrating the win. If not, uh, well, It'll be yeah. an entertaining loss reaction. Maybe so, I'll be uh, in the in the locker room, you know. <laughs> well, maybe. But uh, y'all, be a shower. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, if you haven't already liked the video, subscribe. We'd love to have you, so you get the alerts next time we're live. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll see you Thursday, and uh, have a great rest of your week. Take care, y'all. See ya. Bye. Bye bye.